Welcome, everyone, to A Mexican and a Redneck Follow the World. We are your hosts and surrogate fathers, Juan and Ben. Today, we'll be discussing helping your kids cope with death. Ew, that's hard. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one because it's not, it's never easy, especially when it's somebody you love that goes away. Yes. And so it's unexpected is the best word to describe this situation. Yeah. I didn't realize that this was even a thing. And I brought it up to you, and you're like, I never thought about that either. And and just to uh, catch you guys up as far as with this topic, uh, Ben uh, had the passing of his father. Uh, well, it has been like a it was in May. In May. So and you've been kind of walking out the experience of or having to walk with your children the loss of your dad. Because your dad was actually really close with your kids. Correct. Correct. So it, it's been about four months now. And he was, he, he kept in good contact with them. And particularly my oldest daughter, my son, he's five. And so Solomon comes to me and I was saying something to him and he wanted to see, um, a knife that my dad had given me when I was younger. And, it, and it's just this really nice, uh, I think it's a kissing crane brand. And it has this deer horn handle on it. Mm. It's beautiful knife, real shiny. I never took it out of the sheath. I just always kind of loved looking at it. And he wanted to see it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, just be very careful. You know, don't cut yourself. And and when you're, you know, be careful not to drop it. I said, because my dad gave it to me and he's dead now. And I don't want, uh, I don't want anything to happen to that knife because I can never get anything back from my dead father. And he's like, your dad's dead? <laughs> what? You know, he's five. He didn't really understand what was happening at the funeral. He just kind of saw, they called him Poppy. They saw Poppy's body in the casket. And they're like, he's dead. And he's in the casket. But they're not really getting, he's not here anymore. And so he's so young, he just doesn't remember. And he's like, your dad's dead? It's like, why? And like, he was concerned for me. But at the same time, I thought, how funny would it be to have someone really close to you if you won? Were like, I said something about my dad being dead, and you're like, your dad's dead. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, how funny would that be yeah, it's like, to yeah. have someone close to you just act like they knew nothing about it? Like, I, what are you talking about? I just told you this. This just happened a couple of months ago. I was like, where was I? I called you. You're the first person I called. What was I doing? <laughs> are you sure about this <laughs> no no but but you know one thing my daughter uh aria she's eight i guess eight and a half really closer to nine now and sh- she was real close to him she would do skype calls and phone calls send letters they would spend hours together and so it, it's strange i'll give you the timeline of what happened he dies in early may we bury him about mid-may so in mid-June, Arya starts coming to us one day, just crying, uncontrollable crying. And we've, you know, when, when someone dies, as adults, you kind of know how to process it, process it yourself, you know, yeah. especially a mature adult in your 30s or 40s or whatever. And you're like, okay, I understand what's happened. I know they're dead. I just got to work through these feelings and figure things out. I didn't understand that kids need someone to hold their hand and help them work it out. So we would let her talk when she wanted to talk. We'd let her look at stuff, share stories, whatever. But we didn't realize she has to process this stuff and she has zero tools to do it. Yeah. 
I mean, she might figure stuff out, but I just had no clue. And so she starts crying uncontrollably and she starts confessing all the bad things she's done. And so it was, oh, daddy, I, uh, I snuck into the kitchen two weeks ago and ate three cookies when I know I wasn't supposed to. I'm so sorry. I feel bad for that. And I'm like, well, it's it's okay, you know. It's it's good that you're confessing, you know. You're clearing your conscience. Especially when you just snuck in and you're like six. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. You're like, kid, I just cleaned out the bag. I don't know what you're talking about. No, but then, then she starts coming and confessing. Others, why? Well, I was really mean to to my brother last night, and I feel really bad. It's like, well, that's okay. You know, I just thought she was kind of clearing her conscience. You know, we were all having a lot of self-reflection moments. My dad had just died. Okay. But she keeps going through this. And then she starts confessing to stuff we've already discussed and knew about. Yeah. I'm like, we know this happened. And then she just mopes like, I just have all these bad thoughts. And I was like, oh, you know, cause when you're someone close to you dies, you get very, uh, you know, you kind of recess into your head a little bit to figure out what's going on in your own life. And then you're sitting here and your kid's doing all this stuff and you're trying to figure out what's happening, what's going on, you know? And you get, I got real concerned for her. And I just realized, oh, she hasn't processed his death yet. Because mm. I'm, I'm kind of a, let's get it out of the way now, deal with it as much as we can in the moment and move forward. And if it comes up again, we'll deal with it as it comes up. She was not, she kind of pushed it down. I was like, Oh, my, my daughter's dealing with the death of her grandfather. I didn't know. I've got a, what do you do? And so I called a, a friend who has professional counseling, uh, like training and stuff. And he said, well, here's some books you can read. Here's some things you can do. And so I am going to share with y'all a few things I did with my daughter because she's super happy and she's quote unquote gotten rid of most of her bad thoughts. And okay. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's there huge. is a silver lining to this. And I brought it up to another friend who had lost his dad and he's like, Oh, that's a good idea. I had, you know, and so one thing that really helped is, um, a memorial book. Mm. So what I did is I let her go and pick out, pictures she liked on the computer and print them off and then i got her a little binder and we just you know a little cheap little binder and we did a three-hole punch in it in the pictures print them off on printer paper and then i let her color and draw and put stickers and glitter and write i love poppy and uh you know best friends or whatever she wanted to write and she made this whole book of her grandfather and her or her mm. family whoever she wanted to put in but every picture had a picture of her and her grandfather. And it was this great book and she loved it and she toted it around. And in the process of making that book and she started feeling happier um, in the process of looking through pictures is another tool. She started feeling happier and, and she would, she was, Oh, look at this picture. Will you tell me what this is about? And so it became a thing of, we're sitting there for hours going through pictures and talking about what each picture was about, what was happening that day, mm. something funny that happened that wasn't in the picture and allow her to process and to better understand her, um, her, her grandfather and, and the stories, you know, okay, this is who he is. And there was just a fear of truly losing the person you love. Yeah. 
because it was like, well, do I have enough knowledge of that person to, to move forward in life and still remember them? Or do I need to hang in the sorrow because it's the last true feeling and memory I have of them? Mm. I, I think that's what was happening. Yeah. That's wow. That's powerful. So that's what I had to start helping her through. Wow. Like it's almost, man, it's almost like I see this picture. Like it's almost like your daughter had fallen and instead of getting up, she's allowing herself to stay in the fallen state. Mm -hmm. But you as the dad, you come and pick her up and show like, no, 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 let's not stay here. Let's look and enjoy the time that we, we had with him. Let's cherish the memories and let's move forward. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Awesome. And, uh, and, and out of that, those stories, those pictures, this, this was the real silver lining. Cause you know, you, everybody likes to, Oh, you remember when this, he was a truck driver. Remember when he was a police officer, you know, you have the things on the surface or remember when he worked at the, the rehab clinic, you know, counseling people. I started going through all this stuff with her. Well, people from all these walks of life he had led started reaching back and sending us letters saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. uh, they started talking more to us. And in that process, she started talking with them. And one thing that came about this was she wanted to develop her own memories. And I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm pretty sure my kids are smarter than me. Like all of them. <laughs> uh -huh. I just have more years on them. So they don't realize it yet. Like they think I'm really smart. I'm like, no, <laughs> y'all are, when y'all are in your thirties, you're probably going to leave me in the dust. <laughs> but, um, she's developed these new relationships and these new pen pals with friends of my dad's from 40 years ago. And so now she's developed this new love of writing letters and so she's like writing letters to these people he knew 40 years ago oh, and so they're weird. becoming her new friends, but they're in their sixties or whatever. She's uh, writing letters to her, to my mom, her grandmother, and just sending her these great letters, you know, and, and, uh, and, and another way we connected was, I, I don't know if I said this in our previous dealing with the loss of a father episode, but my aunt died three days after my dad. Mm -hmm. So my dad died. And then on my mother's side, one of my aunts passed away. And so on Wednesday, we were at a funeral and then we drove back from Dallas. And four days later on Saturday, we were here in Alabama at another funeral mm -hmm. for my aunt. And it was like, she was fully immersed with my family, but what it allowed her to do is make these contacts. And she just, She's been writing these letters and she's keeping them all in this box that she has. And she goes back and reads them. And it's really beautiful because it's like, wow, I got to reach down. I truly got to help my daughter teach her a life skill that, you know, death is, is not necessarily the end. It's just a big transition. It's a big change. How do we move forward? Cause it's promised. It's the only thing you get in this world is death and like, taxes. You can avoid taxes. Mm. You might have to live in the woods and have nothing, but mm. you can avoid taxes and die. You might die. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if you're living in the woods, not paying your taxes, you're probably going to die. Maybe. 
I don't know. <laughs> no, taxes are, are, are probably going to have to happen. Pay your taxes, guys. Just pay them. Just pay, pay yeah, them. definitely pay your taxes. Yeah. Yeah. IRS is, they're good at what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, anyways, let's not go down that rabbit trail. <laughs> no. We, we don't like rabbit. Um, we don't want that. Man, that's beautiful, man. As far as like that, dealing with that, with that, um, kind of walking them through, through that process. Was that helpful for you as far as like, did that help you deal with the, with the loss of your dad? Because now you have, it's not, you know, you lost your dad. They lost their grandparent, their grandparents or grandfather. Um, How was that process for you as far as like looking back and being like, man, I thought I was hurting, but then I see my kids hurting and grieving for the loss of a loved one. Um, so there was a, uh, a gratitude in it because although someone passes, you see all the people, their life impacted mm-hmm. and, and all the people they were able to touch and the stories and the letters and the cards, which I, if anyone who sent me a letter, card, story, text, phone call, visit, whatever, I thank you so much. <laughs> like that, because you, you really realize how special that person was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's sad that sometimes you don't always, I always appreciated my relationship with him and knew how special he was to me, but I didn't know how special he was to the whole world, to like the world around him, yeah, I should yeah. say. And so you see these people saying these nice things, talking about the time he helped them do this or the time he influenced them on that. And you're like, wow, this, this guy lived a great life. You know, he, he he really did do some good in this world and you, you feel gratitude and, and you're thankful also for the people who are willing to reach out and send that message or that gift or whatever. And, um, it, it helps in a sense. There were times it was taxing. So he, (laughs) the one thing I do remember a lot about this process was, you know, I enjoyed talking to her, I, of course I would break into tears periodically, but my dad loved, loved, loved Eric Clapton. Like it was one of his like all time favorite guitar player musicians. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and it was crazy because they just had the jazz music where it just plays the instrumental stuff at his funeral. And when we walked into his funeral, I'm not making this up. It was the strangest thing. The, the funeral director did not know that. They just had a CD they put on with soft jazz. And it was instrumental only. But when we walked into the funeral home, the song Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton was playing. Oh, wow. Like they could have had any organ music, any jazz music. We just found it really odd that one of his favorite songs by his favorite musicians at his funeral was playing unbeknownst to us. Wow. And no, nobody knew that nobody could have arranged that. And we were very, um, uh, uh, we, we heard that. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. We talked about it. And Aria was like, what is this song? Why is this so important? And I explained that whole thing to her at the funeral. She's like, Oh, okay. Okay. And so she's like, Can we hear it. I'm like, yeah, we'll listen to it when we get back. So she went and listened to it. And she's like, oh, I love this. And so she, we have an old cell phone that we've disabled from like Wi-Fi and everything. But she uses the video and the pictures to take video and pictures with it. And she records songs she likes on the phone. And so she recorded this song, Tears in Heaven, to remember it and have it to listen to. 
she played it so much at one point I said, Aria, either you've got to stop following me and playing that song or I have to leave. (laughs) I'm emotionally about to collapse. You have to give me a couple days without that song. I'm about to die on the inside. I can't. I'm sorry. I know you're hurting, but I'm really hurting too. (laughs) Will you please just give me some grace and show me some mercy and stop playing tears in heaven by Eric Clapton. (laughs) I love you, baby. I'm so glad you're doing better, but I can only handle so much. And she wasn't only playing. She was like singing it. It's already special to hear your kids sing. Yeah. But then they're singing that song. You're like, I can't. I can't do this. I need an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I needed someone to walk me through my grieving process yeah, at that point. Yeah, I bet. I bet, man. So. Man, that's that's crazy. That's, well, I'm glad everything turned out good as far as like that. And you guys came out, came, came to the realization with that with her. Because I know you, I remember you talking about that and kind of being worried about her just straight up like confessing everything that she was doing wrong. It's like, what's going on? But when you told me, it was like, yeah, she's actually going through the grieving process. Like, it just made sense. Yeah. It just made so much sense as far as that. Like, and you just don't think about it like as a child. Cause it's like, there's such, there's, there's such a dynamic between her and then Solomon, who's like five, same experience, different effect. He's like, <laughs> Oh, when did that happen? <laughs> and Arya is like, you know, chasing you around mm-hmm. with like this sad, sad song. And it's like stabbing you in the heart. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Uh, yeah. Are you hurting as much as I'm hurting? And you're like, yeah, I'm hurting. So it's like, yeah. She feels all of her emotions. Yeah. So when you're every last like, one of them, be able to walk her through of like a healing process. And that gives you healing process. Cause now she's healing. Oh, you're yeah. healing. And it's like, as a family, you're able to heal. That's awesome. Oh, I, I, yeah. It, it's a process. So if, if you are a parent and you have a child who, who experiences that loss with you, you know, if they're not, if they're starting to act strange, you know, cause I, I just didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. No one warned me. And I, I don't know if it is a thing or not, or if it's just a thing with my kid, but you know, if, if there's someone out there who has this same experience, maybe this can be a, just kind of a, Oh, I get it now. That's why my kid's acting out. And it might not be confessing. It might be a angry boy who's breaking more stuff than usual. Yeah. Or, a a, a, a kid who's being real OCD about some, I don't know what kids do, but if you're a parent, you get what I'm saying. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do want to thank you for listening to a Mexican and a redneck father of the world. We love you. And we're proud of you. I'm a Mexican and I'm a redneck of the world.